0: Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We are going to take you on a ride this week. We're going to talk about the Justice League, or no, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about the Justice Society of America and uh, specifically bring in uh, talk, talks about Stargirl because there was a new TV series on, well, it was on DC Universe, now it will be on CW. Uh, called Stargirl, and it focused a lot of on the JSA, uh, a book that Chris and I thoroughly enjoyed. So we yeah. wanted to talk about that and all those legacies, right, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be fun because <clears throat> that's what's great about comic books is the depth and legacy of character and yeah definitely JSA was one of those books that early on when we first met and you're just kind of just talking stuff it's like oh yeah what are you reading I'm reading JSA dude that book I know right like it was just so amazing so we want to share that love with you because Stargirl was really good like I don't I don't really watch the TV stuff as much just because of timing and all that but Sunday night my ritual became watching the new episode of Stargirl and I loved it you know uh, Breck. Bessinger, Yvette Montreal, Angelica Washington, um, oh gosh, Luke Wilson, and, and several others, Amy Smart. They just did a fantastic job, so I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm looking forward to season two. I'm sad that they, they might not have that DC Universe money, <laughs> so we won't be seeing Stripe as much.
0: Yeah, probably <laughs> um, not.
1: But gosh it was it was great and um, so yeah it, it definitely it's inspired me to go back and read some comics that i haven't read so we want to share our rundown of what's good to look at and why it's good to look at
0: and as we saw uh yesterday well yesterday as a recording today our show doesn't come out to wednesday but we record on sunday as we saw at DC Fandom, uh, people, or I'm sorry, The Rock came on to talk about his Black Adam movie, and it will focus a lot on the JSA. So, we're going to talk about the characters that are showing up in that as well. First, let's get into the Spinnerack, though.
1: Okay, so this Tuesday, remember, because we get two comic book days until somebody finally gets fed up, but <laughs> over at DC Comics this Tuesday, they will be dropping action comics. 1,024. So this is going to continue on with Brian Michael Bendis's opus of Superman stories. Um, Excuse me. So this one is very interesting. I like to call them silent covers. And so if we look at the cover on this one, you basically see, like, I can't tell. Yeah, I guess I would say it's definitely a bar. And everybody's just kind of, you know, standing by the bar, standing against the wall, talking and having a drink. And all of a sudden, the door opens. And you see Clark Kent coming through because you can definitely see the glasses, but the shirt is open revealing the Superman logo. So it's like, huh, this is interesting. The cover looks good, but the solicit doesn't draw me in. (laughs) Uh, Because what do they say? In The city of Metropolis has been rocked by Luther's latest attack, the drama surrounding Superman's truth, and that he gives the Invisible Mafia a new foothold to change the city of tomorrow forever. Um, Daily Planets Under Siege. Uh, Superman villain, Fallout, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, I want to get back into the Superman books again. It it looks intriguing, even though it's uh, John Romita Jr. cover art, and I think probably going to be interior art. So I don't know. But it's definitely a beautiful-looking cover, so I want to plug that one. Also from DC Comics this week, we will be having the Batman by Grant Morrison Omnibus Volume 3 coming out. Uh, So this will take on the final leg of – Grant Morrison's run so this will be Batman The Return Batman Incorporated issues 1 through 8 of volume 1 Batman Incorporated Leviathan Strikes the big finale and then Batman Incorporated 0 through 13 for the uh, new 52 stuff and then the final final be all Batman Incorporated special number 1 which actually killed okay spoilers (laughs) spoilers for a comic that might be older than you Uh, it, it, it actually killed Damian Wayne uh, so this was wild stuff. It's a great trip down memory lane. Uh, Rafa and I are actually doing a uh, article series on the Geek Elite Media website where we're comparing Grant Morrison's Batman to Ed Brubaker's Captain America. And it's been fun. Like, I, I love tearing through those back issues. So we hope you uh, enjoy our words and insights. Uh, Batman Superman number 11 will be out as well. So that book has been brought back to us. Um, We have Joshua Williamson is taking over the writing duties on this one. Um, So it's been interesting to get to see the two team up again. And what I like about this one is it definitely ties into our JSA theme. They will be facing the ultra humanite. The ultra humanite would definitely be probably like I would say he was the biggest um, DC villain of the golden age. Uh, yeah, you could say. Well, Lex Luthor was there, but Lex Luthor gets a lot of his inspiration from the Ultra Humanite. So that guy was crazy, even more so guy- than.
0: What? I was gonna say even more so than Vandal Savage.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I would say Vandal Savage didn't really bloom till like the Silver Age. Honestly, really. Yeah, like he may have been a Golden Age concept, but you know it was just like, hey, fight this smart caveman. You know, it wasn't until <laughs> like the Silver and even Modern Age where they were like, yeah, he's a caveman. And he's incredibly smart, but he's still a caveman. You know, like he's still vicious. So it was like, okay, this guy is brains and brawn. But the ultra humanite, like, so he's the one who usually gets those giant silver uh, apes and he runs around in their bodies because he's like, oh, I've been mind hopping between bodies of people. Why am I not just taking advantage of these giant? strong animals and even doing crazy modifications on them. So yeah, he's a, he's a twisted fellow. (laughs) So I'm glad to see him back in the DC universe. Yeah. Uh, Now here's the big comic of the week. We've waited for this thing probably somewhere between four to six years. If I've done my math right, Batman, three jokers. Wow. Um, I got to do an advanced review on it and I am just, I I'm, I'm happy. I'm static. It's a beautiful book. I recommend it. Like I know and I was even complaining about it. You could go back a past couple of weeks and it's like, man, I'm going to get tired of all this like Joker um, wear out, you know, Batman, Joker, the Joker war, Joker, Joker, you know, everything. And it's like, yes, I know they just had a big hit movie about an angry clown that they called the Joker. <laughs> but I will say like this weight was well worth it. Jason Fabook knocked it out of the park. Like, you're going to see classic Batman moments redrawn by him, and you're just like, okay, that was beautiful. That was great. Um, Jeff Johns has crafted a huge mystery, so it's like, okay, this, this works perfectly. And also, depending on your local comic shop, you might be able to get some playing cards out of this as well because they were going to do a quick promotional, so they'll give you, like – it might be like Batman and Joker And then the next issue will be Batgirl and a different Joker And then the last issue will be Red Hood And the third Joker, something like that But you know, neat little collectibles that you could get there uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find them on the secondary market For an arm and a leg But it's Joker, <laughs> it's got plenty of those to spare <laughs> But yeah, highly recommend this one uh, There are, what, three There are seven Variant covers solicited for this But even then, I think in total Like this might have Close to like fifty variants by the time it's done. It's insane. Um, so I'm gonna I'm cheating and I'm hoping that if I buy the hardcover, it'll have all those variant covers in there. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal has been marching along and doing fantastic. So issues two and three will be getting oh, will be getting second prints, and along with that, Dark Knight's Death Metal. Legends of the Dark Knights number one will be getting a second printing, and that one is basically the origin story. I don't know if it's the the first appearance, but it's for sure the origin story of the Robin King, and that's the one everybody's excited for right now. Um, Deceased Unkillables will be getting a hardcover release. That was the original. Not necessarily a sequel to deceased, but while we read in deceased what the heroes were doing, unkillables told us what the villains were doing. So if you want to see what Red Hood and Deathstroke were doing as the world was being destroyed, this is the book for you. It looked really good. Unfortunately, I didn't I didn't read it just because it kind of got lost in my shelf of stuff. But it looks really nice, so I would definitely recommend it. Uh, Detective Comics one thousand twenty six will be out, and this ties into um joker war as well now what's funny is i think it was bleeding cool or maybe cbr ran an article and they pointed it out when batman hit his 500th i think it was 500 his 500th appearance in detective comics they actually did it in detective 5026 not 5027 because 500 appearances would exactly lead to that uh 527 would be 501. So it's kind of funny. So if you want to get all mathematical about it, which is something I encourage, um definitely pick up Detective 20 1026. Uh it's going to tie in with Joker War and it's got Killer Croc on the cover, so we will be treated to some craziness. Flash 760 will be out, which continues on with uh I think it's jo- yeah, Joshua Williamson his um uh, his last story, finish line. So he'll be wrapping up all the uh, mega things that have gone on in his event. So and this covered. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just say I I remember going to WonderCon in two thousand eighteen, and I think that's when he either just started his uh, flash run or was about to start it. Is that sound would about say right? i he or? was
1: probably actually like I think he was just about to start his rebirth run because if I remember correctly, I think he I think he was the writer for. All of New Fifty Two are the last part oh, of New Oh, okay. Right? He was one of the few people that went from New Fifty Two to the new New Verse, whatever we call it now, <laughs> the Rebirth Verse, the
0: Rebirth Verse. Yeah, the Rebirth Universe. Uh, oh, yeah. Then uh, maybe it was just uh, Flash War that he was starting.
1: I think that might have been it. Yeah, Flash War was probably because yeah, because I think if they were promoting Heroes in Crisis, um, then they were definitely promoting Flash War because. That's what led to Wally going to the rehab center for crisis. Essentially,
0: I was just getting at is that he's been doing it for a while. He's been doing uh, Flash for a while.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he has He has been the de facto Flash Bible writer for a long length of time, and he's done a great job. Um, and this is kind of exciting for me because this was something he addressed. Like we were talking about last time we mentioned Flash that – at least during the Wally era, it was a family. You know, you had Jay, you had Max, Bart, um, everybody was there, and Jesse. And all of a sudden, like Barry comes back, and it's just Barry, you know? And so, with this, it's pretty exciting because we get to see that the Flash family is coming back. So, even on this cover, you see Bart and Wallace there. And there's another character, I don't know who it could be. Well, there's two other characters, so I don't know if they are necessarily speedsters or not, but it's exciting. So it's like, ooh, we might get that because even he touched on that. He's like, yeah, I didn't get to do my big Flash family thing. So it's like, all right, this could be cool. Uh, But Let's see marching along so Justice League Dark 25 hits the big anniversary issue if you were a fan of the cartoon Justice League Unlimited they're releasing small trade paperbacks Uh, this will be called Galactic Justice will feature some issues of the time comic and at a price point of $9.99 that's perfect for kids Legion of Superheroes number eight will be on which continues on with the Bendis super saga that leads us into the future. The question: The deaths of Vic Savage, number four of four, is out. So it sounds like this almost might have been like a weekly book because I think we just talked about part three being released. So, uh, but anyways, that miniseries will come to a conclusion. Red Hood Outlaw number forty-eight is out, getting us closer to uh, the big fifty issue. Suicide Squad number eight is out, and that scares me because the big tagline there is, "We need to put a bullet in Max L- in and Ted Cord's head," and I'm like, "Not again, no." <laughs>
0: Well, so. <laughs> uh, also at, and I'm going to chime in a little bit more about DC fandom. They they made the announcement of the the video game Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League and uh the trailer ends with them realizing that they have to kill Superman and how do you do something like that? So uh with that plus the 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 trailer uh of the new The Suicide Squad movie from James Gunn like Suicide Squad is going to be getting another bump in popularity, I assume.
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah. It's they're everywhere, and now they're going to be everywhere even more so. Uh, since we're talking about the squad, real quick. So let's see. I'm going to try to cheat here. We got this blew my mind with Eerdus Elba because he's a he's a top tier actor. He's very you know up there. Bloodsport.
0: I wanted him wow. to be Bronze Tiger so bad, and it didn't happen. He's instead Bloodsport, and you know what? When I first collected, started collecting comic books, I the first books I, I collected were Superman. Uh, right. There was a cover of Bloodsport coming through a wall, coming after Superman, and I was like, "Who is this character?" I've never seen anything with that character since that cover, and I'm talking about this is fifth grade for me. So, God, that would have been what's what's fifth grade? You're ten years old in fifth grade. So yeah, roughly so that would have been 28 years ago? Like, come on. Seriously? Bloodsport? <laughs> like, I understand that the James Gunn's suicide the Suicide Squad is going to be a bunch of non characters,
1: but blood sport? Of all the <laughs> right? people. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like the dude has maybe 12 appearances. So fans, go raid the dollar box. Comic stop owners go raid the dollar box and change those prices. <laughs>
0: Does he have any powers? Is he just a, a vigilante, just like Deadshot?
1: I want to say I, I I don't know I don't know him that well, but I think it was something like to the premise of like he could either like if he holds a gun he could make it better or he could grab stuff and turn them into weapons.
0: Oh, okay, uh, that's weird.
1: Yeah. Marvel's got a character that does the same thing. I think they call him gunfire. So like he could grab a brick and all of a sudden it'll turn into a bazooka. And you're like, yay. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Wild stuff. But uh, let's see. I'm not too good with the actors. So you'll have to help me on this part. But yeah, we have Viola Davis returning as Amanda Waller. So that's great. Uh, Joel Kinnaman as rick flag i'm surprised i didn't think he was going to come back
0: no yeah they they announced uh earlier that uh, yeah back when they announced viola davis they announced he was coming back uh they decided to go with the somewhat iconic yellow shirt for rick flag which is i think is interesting
1: i'm glad he looks like a character finally because before he looked like a disposable like gi joe yeah, you know, like Scott Williams, right, is not the kid, the actor. You know, everybody's like, oh, this is Clint Williams' son. He's no, going to be huge.
0: East, Eastwood.
1: Scott Eastwood. Yeah, there we go. There we go, Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, okay, you know, like, what did he do besides die? <laughs> Nothing. You know? Yeah, so I, I'm glad he definitely looks more comic booky. Uh, Michael Rooker will be Savant. I have no clue who that character that is. That
0: name sounds very familiar, but yeah, I don't know anything about that, that particular character.
1: Uh, we have, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Falua Borg as Javelin.
0: Yeah, Fuva Borg. He's a huge internet star.
1: Uh, if anybody, javelin. <laughs>
0: oh, if anybody's watched uh, Pitch Perfect two, like that, if you don't know him from internet, like he, he's he's in that movie, but German star, uh, very funny. I don't know anything about the javelin. I assume he's just really good at throwing a javelin
1: exactly um he used to paint them yellow so he could fight green lantern
0: <laughs> oh okay so he just threw yeah. a giant yellow t- toothpick at the green lantern
1: yep uh oh man this actor's big but i'm gonna i'm totally gonna butcher his last name david dasmachalin
0: Dasmalchin.
1: that's the word yep. <laughs> he'll be the polka dot man most i've heard people, of the polka dot, polka dot man for sure
0: most people remember him from the ant-man movies uh he's the russian dude the russian tech guy He's also was in The Dark Knight. He was one of Joker's crazies. Uh, He's also been in uh, Gotham. He was uh, a a character there. He's one of the ones that wore Jeremiah's face. Yeah. Uh, No kidding. Yeah, and uh, I think there's. I think he even had a role. Yes, he had a role over on the Flash TV show as. the magician from the future, abracadabra.
1: No kidding. Yep. I did not know. Wow.
0: So he's he's the comic book guy. He's even writing comic books now too. So he's he's been all over the place.
1: Yeah. No kidding. Yep. I mean, the guy, multiverse of DC, and crossed over to Marvel. Yep. <laughs> that's
0: right. So
1: he could form his own movie with his own team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Margot Robbie returning as Harley Quinn. So we, we definitely got that. Uh, Daniela Mel. Melquire as Ratcatcher Two.
0: Melchior. Um,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, I remember Ratcatcher. I always remember him because uh, he's basically like the Pied Piper, but with just dirty sewer rats. Yeah. So it was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to learn more about Ratcatcher Two. <clears throat> we mentioned earlier you're just Elba's bloodsport, so that's pretty wild. Um, Mei Ling Ning as Mongal. Yep. Um, that's going to be interesting because I remember Mongal and Mongal and even Mongol Jr. because they were the big stand-ins because they killed Mongol. Um, they killed him like right, like sadly it wasn't Hal Jordan who got his revenge, but he was like, man, he's such a great character. So they decided like, oh, well, let's let's say he had a daughter, and it's like, yeah, Mongal's not working. Okay, let's make Mongol Jr. and then Mongol Jr. just became Mongol. Like, yeah, they never really explained it. And It's like, okay, that's weird. So. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So it'll be interesting to do. Um, I I don't know. I I've seen two pictures of Mongal, and, and it just I hope maybe there's going to be more CGI on it. It just it, the costume effects don't look that great.
0: I'm sure there is, but yes, I agree. Yeah.
1: And then we got uh, Peter Capaldi as the Thinker. He was a uh, doctor, wasn't he?
0: He was. He was one of the doctors. He was the twelfth Doctor. Twelfth? Wow. 12th. Yes, twelfth.
1: Wow, so now we're going to – that's going to start that pathway. So that will be very interesting. Uh, And the thinker is great. He's actually – he's an old-school JSA villain as well.
0: And he was – I think, yes, he was the big baddie for The Flash two seasons ago.
1: Oh, no kidding. Nice. So that's going to be cool. So hopefully that will bring some tie-in. Alice Braga as Solcera. I have no clue who Solcera is.
0: Yeah, and I know Alice Braga – uh, or Elise. He uh, James James Gunn said her name correctly yesterday. Uh, okay. she was in the Predators movie with Adrian Brody. Um, she is going to be uh in she is Celia Reyes in the New Mutants movie, which comes out this Friday. If anybody wants to watch that,
1: that's gonna happen. It's wow. finally
0: gonna happen. Yeah,
1: that's that's okay. I'm kind. I think I'm just interested just in the fact that it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sean Gunn will be Weasel,
0: and we know Jai him. Courtney we know be him best in. as being Rocket, and uh, also Kerrigan, Corgan for the Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I forget how he, what his name is, but he's the stand-in for Rocket when, and obviously yeah. Bradley Cooper does the voice.
1: Yeah, so he's gonna have a collection of uh, furries there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Jai, Jai Courtney will be back as Captain Boomerang john cena will be peacemaker i'm excited to see that
0: are you gonna be able to see him
1: though um well i (laughs) (laughs) can't once you put the helmet on and then all you gotta do is look for the helmet there you go (laughs) but that's a that's a mind blower because it's like the peacemaker honestly i want to say the last time i think i saw him in comics that wasn't a flashback probably the 90s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know so it's like that is insane and it looks good like i'm staring at the poster right now and it's like wow the costume looks very spot on uh he's just got that ridiculous huge body because it's john cena so it's like all right this will be pretty cool this will be crazy so i'm excited that's probably going to be my favorite part of the film i'm thinking um tech i, I feel so bad because i love this guy but i can never say his name takia Watiti. <laughs>
0: Taika Watiti.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna leave the names to you. Okay, <laughs> this, this is why I cover comic books. I can say adamantium, but I can't say people's names. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's gonna be Storm Reed, so I don't know who that character is. I don't either. Yeah, so that's gonna be crazy. And then um, I must have slipped this one: uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK. Yeah, no
0: clue. See, and what when you TDK? say something like TDK, you just re- I keep thinking the Dark Knight, and I'm sure he's not playing <laughs> the Dark Knight.
1: <laughs> that, that i could live with that though he played a version of batman that acted very uh what's his name uh frank miller-esque i think that could be fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's your suicide it's wait one. wait you
0: forgot one uh pete davidson oh, 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 oh. pete davidson's playing uh blackguard
1: oh that's right okay And yeah. uh, blackguard i think i've heard the name but i have no clue no idea Oh, and then we forgot another. Steve a. G as King Shark.
0: That's right. King Shark is going to be a big part of it.
1: Yeah. That is so wild that it's like, thank goodness for the Flash TV show to take in. Like, all right, hey, we got some CGI money. Let's do this. Because now King Shark is popping up Area He's going to be in that game you mentioned earlier, the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. You know, so it's like, that's insane. Because King Shark, like, I don't even know if people wanted to draw him because he was so big and ridiculous. <laughs>
0: yeah. You no, know, I'm. i don't like this movie <laughs> i am excited but i'm also very like wary uh i don't know if it's going to be good or not
1: well i mean depending on if you believe in the uh air cut of suicide squad but what we saw for suicide squad set the bar so low <clears throat> that that trailer is already better than the previous movie
0: <laughs> oh don't get yeah that that the sui- uh, the the first suicide squad movie <laughs> not good. Not good at all. I, I do wish I could see the air cut. I am not going to be one of these hashtag air cut people, but, uh, it, you know, it's a thing that's out there. It's a thing that's not out there. I, I have more trust in David Ayer, uh, for his original thought of the movie because I like a lot of his other movies, but yeah. Uh, James Gunn hasn't done me wrong yet, but he also is very, uh, centric so his movie the, the suicide squad is gonna be where i like the idea that it's going to be a reminiscent of a 70s war movie that sounds interesting but yeah we'll just have to see
1: yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see. All right, let me wrap up this list real quick then. So going back to our new releases, two more from DC Comics. This one's a highlight I would definitely recommend. Superman, the Man of Steel Hardcover Volume 1. So this will go back to the launch of the post-Crisis DC Universe. So this collection has Man of Steel Issues 1 through 6, all written and drawn by John Byrne, Superman 1 through 4, Adventures of Superman 424 through 428 and Action Comics 584 through 587. Uh years ago, probably close to over a decade now, I bought these Superman the Man of Steel trades because they were recollecting the uh Post-crisis era when John Byrne took over, and basically John Byrne made Superman an x men You know, like Clark Kent was not there, and John Byrne came in, made Clark Kent exist, and then played with the whole idea of here's a teenager with superpowers. Sounds very familiar, and it worked. Yeah, uh, it, it was one of the best adaptations, and it inspired a lot of great stuff. So if you want to see where it all began and came from. That's definitely the book right there. And then Wonder Woman 761 will be out, which continues on the adventures of Wonder Woman and Max Lord. So that'll be wild. Uh, This upcoming Wednesday, we will have the other comics. I hate calling it that way, but I can't call it something better. But all the other comics will be out there's a whole smorgasbord of stuff coming out uh definitely to check out your independent publishers i'm going to jump over to marvel real quick so we will have 2020 force works number three of three so that uh mini series that started before COVID 19 will finally be brought to a conclusion Um, part of that will also be the 2020 i wolverine number two so if you liked logan the, uh, the, the, the the bittersweet ending to Hugh Jackman's adventures as our favorite Canadian um, you can check out iWolverine which will feature Albert the robotic Wolverine so that will be out for you to, as well. Amazing Spider Man 47 continues on as we march along to number 50 uh, Avengers by Jonathan Hickman the complete collection volume 1 will be released and it's never done by accident so Jonathan Hickman right now is doing some huge stuff with the X-Men Why are they bringing back his Avengers? Hmm. So you might want to check that out. There might be some seeds planted there. Another big book of the week. Obviously I'm biased because there's certain characters I love. Daredevil annual number one. This is huge. When they first solicited, they just said one more day. Now all of us have that nasty taste in our mouth (laughs) because of Spider-Man's one more day that has lasted for too many days. Um, But I got to say, in Chip Zardasky, I trust, and he has been doing some amazing stuff. Go get this issue. You're going to love it. That's all I've got to say. Dawn of X, Volume 7, will be out collecting the uh, Hickman era of comics in the X universe with all the other wonderful creators. Empire is moving along and coming towards a conclusion. So we have Empire Avengers, number three of three, and Captain America, three of three. So those will be coming to a conclusion. There is a. This is an oddly titled one, so I'm curious. I'm going to check this out. It's just called End. It's a trade paperback. Uh, okay. So this this clicks in my mind now. So there was a couple like there was for like at the start of the 2000s, they decided to do these stories called The End, and so X Men: The End, um, Wolverine: The End, and all these other ones. And they were really some of them were good, some of them weren't. And then this past year, Marvel decided, hey, let's go revisit that. So this time, they just made one-shots. So they did Captain America, Captain Marvel, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Miles Morales, and Venom. So this is a great mix of what's popular in comics and what's popular in the MCU. So if you're curious to see a potential ending to how these characters will either have their last superheroic adventure or what causes their death, this is definitely the way to check it out. So that's a fun little read. Um, We have... Let's see. House of X, Powers of X will be getting the trade paperback collection, so that'll be out. Wow. Iron, yeah. Um, the it, It's been over a year now, so that's crazy. So it's uh, it's been great stuff, though. It's It's been wild. It's real heady. Uh, definitely Rafa's got more of the inside scoop because he's reading all the X-Men books. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture the uh, – the Charlie get the meme from it's always sunny. Like he must just have like pictures on his wall with all the little arrows and stuff.
0: (laughs) Yep. All the, all the yarn and arrows.
1: Yep. Uh, We've got Iron Man 2020 number six of six. So that will definitely bring the conclusion to the uh, 2020 evil Iron Man that we've seen. Uh, Spider-Man Noir number three of five is out. Thank you, Nicholas Cage for that. Starenko is revolutionary king size. So they've been making these giant hardcover books that are basically the size of original comic book art. So Jim Starenko is—he's up there, dude. This guy, like, I'm not much into the drug scene. But he definitely saw the potential there. So he just created this amazing art that people can, whether you want to trip or not, it's going to be wild looking. And I would definitely say get a black light because that stuff's got to be amazing. X-Factor number two, X-Men number 11 will be out. Uh, X-Men Epic Collection volume six Proteus will be out. That was a great story. And then finally, this is going to be another great one that's out there. X-Men God Loves Man Kills Extended Cut number two of two. X-Men God Loves Man Kills was the inspiration for X-Men 2. I think it's one of the best X-Men stories. Like If you ever wanted to introduce somebody to what the X-Men is all about, that is the story. So this re-release gets a new opening and closing chapter along with great interviews with Chris Claremont and Brent Anderson about the -the behind-the-scenes process. And that is what's on your Spinner Rack. That
0: is quite the Spinner Rack right there. So... Uh, yeah. As we were saying, it's, we're gonna get into the J- the JSA or the Justice Society of America this week. Kind of focusing on Stargirl because of the new show. Uh, what did what do you think of of the creation of Stargirl? I mean, at the end of the last episode of the first season, you see the dedication to uh Courtney Johns, Jeff Johns' sister, who he created the character after, and uh. Who tragically lost her life and was a TWA flight three hundred?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Something Let me like see. Um, it was a TWA flight. Yeah, I. I it's uh, how awesome though. Like that Jeff found a way to keep his sister alive. You know, like I just I think that's so beautiful that he took his tragedy and made it you know made it into uh, a superhero made a great fantastic character because i'll admit when supergirl or sorry it, it originally premiered as a comic book as stars and stripe and i was just like eh, you know it just it didn't catch me you know and i I, forgr- I regret that now because having watched this i'm like that is a great show and jeff johns he's got great character he writes great characters so yeah, he took a tragedy in his life and he made it just amazing. And I love the fact that even on the show, um, I'm sure you caught that Easter egg too on on Courtney's wall as they're moving. She's got her photos up, and, and you could see they actually photoshopped a, a picture of Courtney Johns with Breck Bessinger to make something that's part of the Star Girl lore.
0: Oh, so I, thought, really I did not cool. catch that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was a beautiful moment. So it's like that's that's really cool. So, and again, that just goes like Jeff Johns is very notorious for sneaking in Easter eggs in his comics. So now that he's doing television and movies, it's like, all right, cool. We got a, we got an inside guy hiding those little things for us, for us nerdy fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and Stargirl was originally a legacy character for uh star Sminkle kid. Later on in the iteration of the JSA book, Justice Society of America book, she then takes on a second legacy in Star Man because she gets the star Rod. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, So thus carrying on two legacies. And how did you feel about that when you first read it, you know, her carrying on a second legacy like that?
1: So, you know, it's funny. I... I didn't read it. (laughs) Okay. So we're reading JSA, right? Uh And Courtney's in there and she's got the cosmic converter belt and she's wearing the Star Spangled Kid outfit, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, cool. And even Jack Knight was there who was Starman at the time. And then all of a sudden in the JSA book, you know, we did see Jack Knight was like, look, guys, I'm too busy. I can't be a hero. And he flies off into the sunset. And then, you know, a couple issues later, there's Courtney holding the the star rod and you're just kind of like okay I don't know I missed it and I didn't think about it but yeah it's like if you go back and you read Starman issue 80 you see that he basically is like look Courtney I I can't do this like I have a child I never really wanted to be a hero you're going to have to hold the legacies you know Star Spangled Kid and Starman and so she gets it, and I think maybe it's in that issue, or maybe it was in JSA, where she finally just becomes Star Girl because she was the Star Spangled Kid.
0: Oh, she and was okay.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she she definitely like that was her first heroic name, and then she finally just said, you know what, I'm just going to be Star Girl. Um, it, I I went and looked back at comics because of the show, and it's a beautiful moment. And you know, I, I just I didn't know about that deeper legacy because I was like, well, wait a second how did she get connected to the uh to the uh star the star people and it turns out that even sylvester pemberton was a star man which i didn't know that either uh there was a while there where sylvester pemberton was like hey my cosmic converter belt's broken i'll go to uh star man and so this would have been gosh what's his name the original golden age star man can't think of a secret identity but yeah. he went to him and he was like hey can you fix the belt and he's like sure and at the time He didn't want to be Starman. And he was kind of like, well, my one son died and my other son doesn't want to be um, a superhero. Ted Knight, that's his name. Ted Knight, yeah. Ted Knight was like, yeah, my my son uh, David died and my son Jack doesn't want to do this. So he actually asked Sylvester, do you want to be the Starman? And Sylvester did. He went on an adventure and he held the Star star Rod and he was going after it. But it was just like, "Nah, this is... This is a bit too cosmic for me. I'm just a, I'm a street scrapper, you know, so that, that happened there. Um, But no, I think it's great that Courtney carries on both legacies. Um, And I love the fact that too, with that happening, that also causes Pat Dungan, AKA Stripesy to get, to go out of being just the sidekick and getting to be more of a hero and also having a fantastic family with Courtney's mom. So I, I think it's great.
0: So, I started reading JSA in uh, the, when the 1999 uh, version, volume of it came out, uh, which was written by James Robinson and, and David S. Goyer. This brought in uh, a lot of your legacy characters. Well, not a lot, but brought in some of your legacy characters like uh, the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott, uh, Wildcat, Jay Garrick Flash, and then teamed him up with newer versions of of the legacy characters. You had the, your Hour Man from the Future. You had the new Hawk Girl, which was Kendra Saunders at the moment, I believe. Yep, yeah. Um, and, and Star Girl. And then you had uh, the new Sandman, which was also a Golden Age character, a sidekick
1: character to the original Sandman, right? Sandy? Yep. He was Sandy the Gold Boy. Sand- Sandy Sanderson Hawkins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I really dug the character design of this this particular version of sandman like later on we get into you know he becomes a sand character like a character that's completely made of a sand like that's the way he always looks and then there was the more of a, i'm gonna look like a uh well it looks more like his predecessor right like with the yeah. hat the fedora hat and the gas mask and and all that stuff and putting people to sleep like it's Two, two very different types of uh, versions of the same character, but I, I enjoyed this version just because, I don't know, it just looked a little bit more, I guess, G.I. Joe-ish. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then there was Al Rothstein, who is now known as Atom Smasher, was known as Nucleon in Infinity Inc., I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also a very interesting character with the ability to grow in size. Uh, his legacy is the Atom which was his godfather godfather that's right thank you uh like how did you how did you feel about the addition of these new characters
1: so it's funny so like we were talking about and this is just it's such a great era um i i loved it because at the time i was reading jla and i had missed like I don't. I think yeah. I picked up JLA issue ten, and it was like okay, this is cool. Like this is a very exciting comic book because it went back to what made the uh, what made the Justice League great. And Grant Morrison was writing it, and this was before he went like bananas, and it was fantastic. So he did this little crossover because there was always a history of the JLA, JSA team up, and the JLA were definitely, they were destroyed, Zero Hour killed several members. I remember reading that, because that was a Hal Jordan story, and I was like, oh my God. So they weren't coming back, and then various legacies would pop up here and there. But for me, I got lucky because I was reading this book, and they called it Crisis Times Five. And it was a four-part miniseries. and it was JLA issues 28, 29, 30, and 31. And that introduced me to, like, the prototype JSA. So we get to meet Jay – well, he's JJ Thunder. I think back then they called him Jakeem, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he went from Jakeem to JJ or vice versa. But anyways, we meet Jakeem Thunder. He's got the the purple pen, and he has access to the genie when he says the words, so cool. And I was like, oh, this guy's really awesome. And in the story, we get Jay Flash, Alan Lantern, uh, Wildcat, and even the quote unquote golden age Wonder Woman, because they always mess with how it's going to happen. So, back then, Diana Prince is supposed to be a modern character. So, it was her mother Hi- Hippotalia Hippolyta?
0: It's either uh, Hippolyta? Hippolyta, Hippolyta, sorry, or Hippolyta. Like, I've Hippolyta. always called it Hippolyta, but I've heard other people say Hippolyta.
1: I think it, I like Hippolyta. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> So Hippolyta, so she actually went back into the past and became the Wonder Woman. And then you had the Jim Corrigan, or actually, I think it was just the Spectre, because I don't think he had a soul. So Jim decided to pass himself on. But so anyways, it was just a really crazy story. Uh, it was all over the place. It was big. It was, it was just nuts. I mean, you're seeing an evil genie grab the earth, and he's about to spike it into the moon. You know, you're like, what? And so it was great to see all these characters interact. Plus, I really loved Grant Morrison's Hour Man 1 million, the Android Hour Man. And I was like, oh, this guy's so cool. So luckily, you know, thanks to the the solicits, I saw JSA was coming. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get this book. So I got the Secret Files and Origins, which introduced us to a lot of characters. So, yeah, as you mentioned, like Kendra Sanders. And I was like, okay, this is cool because Speed Sanders – is Hawk girl, uh Shira Sanders, that's they're like I think cousins or something like that. So it's like, oh, this Hawk girl is related to the Hawk family. Um and you know those are characters that I loved but I didn't know the history. And so it was great, yeah, because you had Ted, you had Sandman, well, like, well now he's just Sand, uh Star Spangled Kid, the Jack Knight Starman, Jay and Allen. They brought Dinah Lanson as Black Canary. So I was like, okay, this is cool. She's always been a great character.
0: Because we're throwing back to the original, which even though it's the same character back then, they they retroactively call it her her mother, right? Like Dinah Drake.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's true. Because Black Canary was always just Black Canary. And then it was like, well, she would be crazy old because she decided after her husband died, she left Earth 2 to go live on Earth 1 and then wound up in a romance with Molly. And so they're like, yeah, let's just make two characters. One would be Golden Age, which was Drake. And then one would be Silver Agent further, which would be Lance. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, but we got Black Canary in there and then the Android Hour Man as well. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And I just loved that series from the start. It was great. The first four issues, they were running along. And then, you know, it's like, oh, who's going to be the new Dr. Fate? And it turns out it's the son of Hawkman and Hawk Girl, the Silver Scarab. And you're like, what? So the legacy was just so imbued in there. Uh, That series gave me one of my favorite characters, the third Doctor Midnight, Peter Cross. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I mean, I just, like I have every issue of JSA and even when it turned into uh, Justice Society of America Volume 3, like I just, I love that comic. It's great.
0: It's a a real good book.
1: Yeah. Like I actually remember as a kid, I sat down with a piece of paper and I drew a family tree. 'Cause I just thought these characters were so great and it's like I wanted to make sure like I knew like these were all the star men and these were all the and this was pre internet people, so this was the problem, right? <laughs> I mean
0: just talking about our man alone, the this Android version, you know, he's carrying on the legacy of two our men. well I don't know if Rick at that time had ever actually been our man. Which... Yeah, no, Rick was. Okay. okay because when he was in part of what was what was the team that he was a part of was he also in part of infinity inc or was he part of something yeah. else
1: oh infinity inc that's okay. where uh that's where uh rick got his first appearance and start okay cool purple costume
0: <laughs> <laughs> with a giant clock on top of, on front of the front of it or yep. that
1: way it makes the h <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got the yeah so we got rick rex
0: tyler the original hour man rick tyler the second Hourman, and now Tyler was it? Was that his name? Was it just Tyler the Android?
1: Yeah, because basically, like he wound up, he was the Android, but in reality, he's actually Rick because he's got no, he's Rex because he's, he's Re- got the memories.
0: Yeah, he's got Rex's brainwaves, memories on just like just like an Ultron Vision kind of thing.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. It's like Wonder Man is the man, and the Vision is the robot of Wonder Man. So, but since they've had their own experiences, they become two separate people. So it's like, yeah, that's that's a pretty wild concept.
0: And then we should also mention that in the original JSA, the original Justice Society of America, we had Superman and Batman as part of the team, correct?
1: Yeah, they just couldn't make the meetings because they were so cool since they had their own comic books. That's (laughs) why they couldn't go to the meetings.
0: (laughs) And then, obviously, when we jump to the future you don't want to have it so that they were part of a team that existed in world war ii so unlike wonder woman and black canary who can we can easily say their mothers were a part of the, the original team there's no superman father or batman father that could be a part of the, i mean <laughs> oh. thomas wayne in his uh mask of Zorro suit might not have been a part of the justice society of america
1: yeah, well, and even then too, but also like the Justice Society was huge because so they started they first appeared in All Star Comics number three. Now and
0: uh, now, oh, go ahead in the the history of DC, is it FDR that puts them together or is it FDR that dis- disbands them? I always forget.
1: I want to say so. Of course, it's ever changing history. Okay. Um but yeah, Ro- Roy Thomas, who was a big guy over at Marvel. Uh, he eventually came over to DC Comics, and he loved the JSA. Him and his wife, Danny Thomas, they are responsible for the All-Star Squadron book and Infinity, Inc., which really revived the two teams. And so, yeah, he came with the idea that, yep, it was FDR who was like, America's heroes, you need to fight the war, because that's how FDR sounded. And uh, <laughs> so he got them together, but I want to say I think it was under Truman it's where they had to disband because then the Red Scare and all that stuff started happening. Okay. But uh, but hey, one thing I want to mention that I thought was really cool, the JSA All-Star Comics was so big back in the day that issue eight, so issue three is when we first get the team, and then issue eight we get Dr. Midnight and Starman are inducted into the team. So it's like, ooh, we're getting new team members, right? And then in the back of that issue is a quick little like eight-page story called Introducing Wonder Woman. And that's the first appearance of Wonder Woman. So she was a backup feature to the JSA comic.
0: That's incredible. So yeah, uh, before we get too far along, we did mention Adam Smasher, and he is part of the Black Adam movie with The Rock. He yes. is going to be one of the the main characters. He's going to be p- portrayed by actor Noah I, am, I butchered that last name, but you most people will know him from uh, successful Netflix movies such as uh, P.S. To All the Boys I Loved before or something like that and the sequel to that. Plus, there's some movie where he plays a guy who goes on a lot of dates as an escort service or something like that. He's also going to be portraying uh, Prince Adam and He-Man in an upcoming uh, live action Masters of the Universe movie or at least he has been linked to that I don't know if that movie is still going on or not but wow. yeah he is uh, he's going to be portraying Albert Rothstein the, the Adam Smasher
1: now that's cool because I really liked um, Adam Smasher's arc in JSA I thought he was a great character because growing up he was like he was Nuclon and he was kind of bummed because his dad was also a super powered person but he was a villain right it's kind of like, uh, but luckily his godfather was the Atom, one of the founders. So it's kind of like, okay, you get to be in Infinity, Inc. And he always wanted to make it to the big team, the JSA, and he never got the chance. And then finally in the JSA book, he makes it. But he's the guy who decided like, hey, I'm going to go help Black Adam. It doesn't matter that he was a bad guy. He's trying to help these people. And then that just ruined it for him. Like it, it made him look like a bad guy. And, you know, they went and fought an actual war and – war is gray in some cases. And I always just felt for the guy because he was somebody who was always trying to do the right thing. And he kind of got, you know, sidewacked for it.
0: Right. So in the video that we saw in DC fandom for the black Adam movie, which black Adam himself has also been part of the JSA in that JSA book, uh, we saw that it's going to include cyclone which is kind of a legacy character she is the granddaughter of the original red tornado yep uh the one that's not an android so she has wind powers
1: um yeah, we, ma hunkle <laughs> ma
0: hunkle we have uh albert rothstein the Adam smasher hawkman and what was the fourth one did we say
1: oh my goodness um
0: Oh, I'll I go. I'll go look it up real quick. I, I mean, Doctor Fate. There we go. Doctor Fate. That's right. And it looks like the two older characters from the JSA, uh, Hawkman and Doctor Fate, are going to be against what Black Adam is doing to save people, save the people of conduct. Uh Whereas Adam Smasher and Cyclone, being the younger members, might actually agree with his methods. Uh, we saw something similar to this in. Kingdom Come, so to speak, right? You have the younger heroes that are all about being a little bit more rough on the the supervillains, maybe even to the point of killing, because we see Gog or Magog kill the Joker after he blew up Metropolis and you know, put, put the blame on Batman and Superman saying, Hey, you you never took this guy out. He this is why he went on to keep killing people, I did what needed to be done. This is very much the old school versus new school thought of you know what do you do to to super villains, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know this is something I sorry I, I hope it doesn't steer us off too well. But I'm glad you brought up Kingdom Come. Did you know Kingdom Come is directly responsible for JSA?
0: I, I mean, it. You have characters like Cyclone in the J or in Kingdom Come as well as Lightning, which uh, eventually will will become a a member of the JSA.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that, but it's, so it's like, yeah, like that, <clears throat> like the world of Kingdom Come, that's what inspires Jay, Alan and Ted to be like, we got to train these new kids because JSA is what actually prevents the world of Kingdom Come from happening. I was like, wow, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, that book is, I, I guess you would have to uh, credit Mark Wade for creating a lot of these characters then?
1: Yeah, Mark and Alex Ross, definitely. like. Turns out it's like, yeah, I didn't realize I was creating some characters that were going to get future use. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so Hawkman being a part of the the group, we don't see him in this version until much later.
1: Uh,
0: we get in the new Mr. Terrific, which – is that the second iteration of the character or third?
1: I believe he's the second. I think we've only had two Mr. Terrifics. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, and that's because he, Michael Holt, looks up to uh, the original Mister Terrific, Mister Fairplay. What was that? Character? Yeah, Mister
1: Terrific. Um, his secret identity. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Gosh, I've got the power of the internet in front of me, and I can't think. <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, Pietro Cross, we get uh, is the third. Um.
1: dr Dr. midnight Midnight.
0: yeah because we have beth chapel which did show up in the star girl show
1: yes yeah so beth made the cut um which again is really wild because so beth it's funny because like uh, i so i I gave mitch a million dollars because i was like you know what the star girl show is going to be great so i got him the first appearance of uh our man and dr midnight the uh rick rick tyler and uh Beth Chapel so what's wild is one of their co-creators is actually Todd McFarlane because he was the artist so they both first appeared in Infinity Inc and then it's funny because yeah Rick like he kind of got sidelined our man nobody cared about they killed his dad they made the Android and then Jeff Johns was like hey let's bring Rick back and so he got to be revived Beth on the other hand she was a superhero and then Her and the Yolanda Montez Wildcatch, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, the two of them went on an adventure, and it was the uh, Eclipso annual summer crossover event, and they were actually killed in that one. So these characters have been dead. Like, they they killed them. They never revived them. Yeah, they would make appearances and flashbacks and stuff like that. But now Beth is back uh, thanks to, what was it, Doomsday Clock. So it looks like she's going to be the current Dr. Midnight. So, But yeah, she's definitely got a lot of love through the show and um, Doomsday Clock there.
0: So that's interesting because Yolanda Montez being the second Black Cat, or I'm sorry, Wildcat, uh, but yet we get a third Wildcat in the JSA when Ted Ted Grant's son shows up, but he ends up having the ability to turn into a Black Panther cat. Yeah. Um, Yolanda and Beth are both characters that are featured in... The, J, uh, the Stargirl TV show and the last episode, the last thing, to one of the last things you see in the series finale or season finale, sorry, is uh, the character of oh, what was Stargirl's nemesis in the show?
1: Oh my gosh. Um,
0: she had the claws the or the bone knives or whatever you want to call them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God, I watched the show too. Um, <clears throat> I want to say it started with a V, didn't it?
0: I don't remember. I thought it started with an S. That this thing is something like strife or something like that.
1: Yeah, it was like a weird. It was a one word thing. Let's see. How can I find?
0: Either way, she's going through uh, a bunch of the Injustice Society of America's like inventory, and she finds herself an Eclipso diamond. And yes, if that's what they plan on doing for the second season, that does not bold over well. For one, Beth Chapel and one Yolanda Montez. If we go by comic book history,
1: yeah, no, that is definitely going to be something that it's like, uh oh, you know, these are these are scary things because yeah, the 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 diamond is responsible for killing half of Star Girl's Star JSA team, so it's like, oh, what are we going to have happen here? Uh, Artemis, right? Isn't that the girl's name? No, no this is another one of the uh, villains. But yeah, with them finding that diamond, or with her especially finding that diamond, it's going to be wild. But what I really like, though, is if, if again, we love to share the comic book sides of things, I would definitely say, um, I think it was called Black Vengeance. I would read that if you want to get the Black Adam movie, right? And then the eclipso story i forget what it's called off the top of my head but it was jsa issue 50 is when it culminated that is what's going to be the premises or the the uh inspiration for uh star season two so it's kind of neat because since we know jeff John's comics we can almost cheat a little bit and be like oh yeah we, we've got this <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh with Beth Chapel, like I know Pietro Cross ha- is blind, but he has that X-ray vision, right? It helps him be a doctor.
1: Well, so basically, the all three of them got blinded, and then they had to wear the special shades that could help them to see. So they saw more on the dark spectrum of stuff.
0: Um, so they are all blind.
1: Yeah, all three of them are blind. Except in the show, they didn't. They didn't do that to uh, Beth Chapel. Beth Chapel. Um, so I mean, like, okay,
0: they might have symbolically done it because at the end of the series, sorry uh, for spoilers, end of the season, she loses her goggles, which helped her a lot. They were, they were more like heads up displays with the AI inside of uh, the original Doctor Midnight, um, Charles McKnighter, and it and it was voiced, voiced. By Thomas Henry or Henry Thomas, who was the original, who was Elliot from E.T. I don't know if people yeah. realize that or not, but I learned it after the fact. <laughs> but yes, he uh, he was essentially her, you know, her vision, her. Or, I'm sorry, her Jarvis, if you want, if you need uh, a a uh, something to rel- rel- relate it to, and uh, he would tell her the information she needed to know, search the internet, things like that. Losing him at the end of the season could very much put her in a blind uh, so to speak
1: yes okay was it shiv was that the name? shiv
0: that makes so much sense because she knives people knife. Yeah. yeah sorry
1: i couldn't let it go it was bugging me <laughs> but well you're right like it maybe it is a symbolic blindness so now she won't have that she won't have chuck as she lovingly called him you right know? um i hope she gets the owl because that little guy was floating around so maybe he's going to come and help her but yeah basically in the comics all three of them were blinded they would wear the shades and due to cross being later and with better technology that's where they played with the idea that well if he's going to wear this display to help him see why can't he put other things in there so like yeah he could technically do an mri or x-rays because of you know the 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 new add-ons to his goggles
0: Perfect. Okay. So,
1: yeah, it made sense with him being a doctor. It's like, hey, why not? Why not be able to detect those things better?
0: Now, the version of Yolanda Montez that we get in the Stargrove show is definitely a lot more Black Panther than Wildcat for me. I don't particularly know about her character in the comic books because I didn't read uh, JSA at that time. So I don't know if you have any other uh, insight on that. But
1: So the only thing I can really say about Yolanda is – I remember her first appearance in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Um, Ted Grant, you know, he's he's on the streets and he's helping people evacuate buildings as they're breaking down. He gets crushed by a wall, he's laying in a hospital. Yolanda who's also that's that's her that's Yolanda is the goddaughter of Ted of of Ted of Wildcat, I think of his last name. But so, anyway, so that's how they're linked together. So she decides like, no, I need to be a hero. So she steps up, puts the costume on and becomes the new Wildcat. Um, she she was another character because same thing. It's like everybody else kind of retired. She stayed on, joined one of those like Justice League task force or something like that. And her and Beth both happened to go to Eclipso Island where they were murdered by Eclipso. And we never saw anything about those characters until they would make you know flashback appearances or multiverse appearances uh when they did the justice society infinity in jeff Johns' comics but yeah she was gone for the most part but this show uh definitely helped bring her back and even then i think i'd have to look at it but that big splash panel in doomsday clock number 12 where superman is flying in the middle and you have the legion which is the future And you have the JSA, which is the past and the future. I believe Yolanda's in that one. Because at first, I thought it was Ted and his son. But I think it's Ted and Yolanda as the Wildcats.
0: Now, like like I said, I didn't know much about her. But uh, I do remember her brother when it came to uh, the Montezes. He eventually joins the JSA as a uh, museum curator. So Alexander Montez. Yeah. Uh, he he wants to. He says he wants to pay tribute to his sister who died and and be a part, be a helpful part of the JSA. But he has no powers. We come later to find out that he is uh, tattooed on his body a bunch of different glyphs and and uh, mystical imagery so that he can use the Eclipso diamond and not get possessed by the demon Eclipso. What is Eclipso? An alien?
1: So Eclipso, the way they've played it in the comics, he was the original Spectre. He was the original Wrath of God. Oh, okay. Uh, And he had his own sentience. And so he was just chaotic and crazy and like, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, he might be the one responsible for it going that way and also for the destruction of it as well. Uh, so he started going just crazy loopy and then so God was like okay you know you, you can't be trusted with your power so he banished him and that's when they tried take two which would be the specter um, and of course that's all added on history later on right. because it was not that deep in his first appearance but yeah so he's to that level he is huge power very very powerful and so um, Yolanda's brother figured it out he's like well wait a second if I put these markings on my body i'll be able to get the power without the influence of eclipso because that's what eclipse is all about is he influences you to release your darker self and um, so yeah so he figured hey this is a great way to do this because i can i can use the power of this guy and he used it in black vengeance um so he definitely helped free uh uh the the, the egyptian home of uh, black adam And gosh, sorry, I got lost in this. So, yeah, he used that power as a way to like kind of defy Eclipso and be like, yeah, I know you killed your sister and now you, or you killed my sister and now you work for me.
0: So, uh, with that, I mean, uh, he, I I don't, I believe eventually they, the, the wardings or the, the markings wear off and Eclipso does take over his, his mind and he has to take out the Eclipso diamond and stuff. But with all that, we who are some of the other characters we get introduced to in that version of the jsa
1: well so as jsa continued on so luckily yeah so we 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 got you you mentioned uh cross and michael holt came in so that brought dr midnight and mr terrific respectively uh johns and goyer did the impossible they fixed hawkman and made him popular again so we got carter hall with a better streamlined origin um who else do we receive we got captain marvel and the marvel family actually starting to be regular members of the jsa which was fantastic because they're golden age characters why not you know have them involved Obsidian and Jade make the returns from Infinity Inc to JSA as well, which was fantastic. Brainwave, who's another character in the Stargirl show, he, he had an evil father, so he decided to defy his father, and become a superhero. Kind of went into comic book limbo, nobody was using him and they brought him back into it during the Black Rain storyline. Um, so he used his powers to help out there as well. Uh, the Hal Jordan Specter made an appearance. JJ Thunder as I made I mentioned to you earlier Power Girl started to be more of a a JSA character and this helped to unlock her origins as well because she was supposed to basically she would have been the golden age supergirl. Uh, she is the car or she is Kara Arcot Karen Ka, not Carrie. Karen. Kara uh,
0: Karen Star.
1: There we go. Well, She's Karen Star but her Kryptonian name uh, uh she is the L she was basically Supergirl from that world, right. so that was pretty exciting to get her tied in. They tried making glimpses at bringing back Huntress, the daughter of Batman and uh Black Canary, or sorry, Black God, I am not with it today, the daughter of Catwoman and Batman, but th- sadly that didn't make it until maybe recent times, so we will see as that goes along. But yeah, that was just all about legacy. Uh, when it became the JSA, or sorry, the Justice Society of America book, that's when they brought in. Mr. America and Cyclone. And so they decided to say, hey, let's play with these characters and add more depth to it. And it even went as far as they created a character. She didn't get much screen time. They created a character called Red Beetle. And basically she looks like Blue Beetle, but we don't know anything about her. So maybe she'll pop up somewhere again in the DC universe. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say if if you're looking at those comics, go to JSA. And I finally found of the two trades, get prince of darkness and black rain because those two are definitely going to lead us into uh what's going to be star girl season two and potentially black adam's movie
0: i really enjoyed uh the look and yeah. development of the character of mr america i thought that was an interesting character
1: yeah he was the wish i would have got more FBI profiler and he's investigating his own family's murder yeah i thought he was he was a cool character um i I hope he makes it out of Doomsday Clock, wherever they went and come from.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are some of the, would you say, influential stories of the JSA?
1: So I would say if we're looking at things in a modern scope, I would highly recommend to go check out Infinity Inc. Now, that's going to be tough because those back issues are expensive because they've never been reprinted and that was a comic book series that was printed back in the late 80s early 90s on special paper so it was only sold at comic book shops so if you can get some of those back issues or if you have digital copies definitely start there Um, i would read its sister book all-star squadron because that kind of quote unquote uh modernized the jsa but they were still, you know, they're still old comics. So those would be the series from the '80s that I would recommend.
0: Because that would from, be that would be your your, your all star would be the JSA, and the Infinity Inc was supposed to be the kids of the original JSA, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Basically, like how it is, JLA and Teen Titans. Right. So Infinity Inc is the Teen Titans of the Golden Age. Um, so I would recommend those two books. Then from your '90s, I would say definitely read Stars and Stripe, which is the Star Girl. Uh, book, uh, check out JSA. We, Mitch and I definitely give it all our stamps of approval. Uh, maybe even look at Starman as well, because there could be some memories in that. And I would recommend the mini series I said at the start, uh, golden age, because that's going to give you a lot more character insight and then read justice society of America, which will take us all the way to new 52. There is a JSA of the new 52. I don't know how well they're going to play into stuff. I think that might be where you get the Dr. Fate from the Black Adam movie. So definitely check out the Earth 2 book. And then for now, I would just say check out Doomsday Clock. And you could probably cheat and just read issue 12. And then we're just waiting to see what's going to happen next.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I think there's there's definitely some great stories in there. Uh, I loved... Lightning Saga. I thought that was a great story. I mean, that was obviously a crossover between Justice Society and Justice League, Um, which we've talked about a bunch of times was the Bison Virtue. uh, Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are some, some good ones. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know exactly what the name of the story arcs in the JSA. I just remember loving that whole book in general.
1: Oh yeah. It, that is actually – it's pretty wild. That is one of the first comic books the whole series got reprinted in trade before they came back and did, you know, like – because right now they're currently leasing the JSA by Jeff Johns trade paperbacks. But before that happened, you could get the whole series in trade paperback. That was huge because I don't even think Justice League or JLA got that treatment. So that that book was phenomenal and its time. So, yeah, I would – like, you could, you could pick up the issues. It was one giant, flawless story, you know. Um, but at the same time, you could also go back and get trades. So, yeah, there's just so much. Like, for me, like, of course, I would recommend, like, Darkness Falls because that's what brought, you know, Doctor my, my favorite Dr. Midnight into the story. Um, the Return of Hawkman. I remember reading that and just... I was blown away like uh, they did it like they made hawkman worthwhile like before rebirth really became the word that was hawkman rebirth you know that was huge um even to those early issues i want to say like six and seven the redemption of black adam like they they stop him they find out that his human host has cancer and they they do the best to separate the two and and work on them and that brought black adam to the side of heroes and it was like wow that made him a compelling character because all he looked like was an angry spock now it's like all right this is a guy i care about <laughs> um god you might remember this one when they did savage times so that was the one where they went in the past and they met the quote-unquote jsa of egyptian era and they had a metamorpho and a, a blue beetle in there you know so it was like oh that was so cool and it's just the whole series in its own like they have omnibus editions like I said before they're releasing new updated trades of it you can get them on the DC Universe app and the digital comics read that it's just it's such a great love letter to heroics to family to character struggle to all of it and Jeff Johns James Robinson and David Goyer just made us fall in love with these characters you know well ahead of their time and well past their prime
0: So, uh, do you and I usually hate love triangle storylines? But do you remember that in the JSA with that with this the newer version of them, you had Courtney and Adam Smasher kind of were a couple or at least friendly with getting into that, yeah, yeah, getting into that, and then uh, Captain Marvel, uh, who in real life is Billy Batson, but looks like a grown man. Is very much interested in Courtney who is a 16 year old now to everybody else it looks very strange that this adult (laughs) man is talking to the 16 year old but you got to remember that inside that adult man body is a 15 year old Billy Batson and the two I, I does he tell Courtney do you remember
1: so he like Courtney knows about Billy she knows and unfortunately like they did they had a big issue where she's like why can't we tell them? And he's like, as I can't reveal my secret identity, they wouldn't trust me. They would, you know, all these things. So he, that's why they essentially break up because he's not willing to let the JSA know. Cause yeah, I do remember those panels with Jay Garrick being like, don't get so fresh there kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and it was wild. So it, it was, it was something funny. Um, But yeah, I love that because it kind of, it almost reminded me of Colossus and Kitty. True. But more with, with Adam Smasher and Courtney you know because it's like oh you know because it's funny yeah you could see that there was a little bit of a she had eyes for him he had eyes for her and the jsa didn't mind but you're still talking about a man and a girl but then when captain marvel came in it's like whoa buddy you
0: know whoa, whoa, whoa. well Uh, i think they definitely tried to play up adam smashers being a little bit younger even though at this point he should be a grown man like he he's been around for a while but
1: yeah Oh, no, you're right. Like, Yeah, that's one of those things where they, they become forever young in some aspects, you know. So, yeah, Adam Smasher got a little bit of a youth injection there. Uh, <laughs> my favorite love triangle, and it unfortunately got squashed early thanks to the return of your guy. <laughs> but they, they played up the idea of Black Canary and Dr. Cross getting, you know, close. And it was like, oh, this was neat because they went on that date. And then finally, like, Dinah's like, Why don't you just shut up and kiss the girl? And it's like, all right, cool. And then Ollie has to come back from the dead. So what does Dinah do? Yeah, I got to go check this out. Um, But there was a fun little awkward moment in, just like you mentioned, JLA, JSA, Virtue, and Vice, where they kind of meet. And so you know, Black Canary's like, why are you hiding from me, Dr. Midnight? And he's like, well... And so then she's like, well, why don't you meet the guy I left you for? For some reason, they all become friends. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's just... (laughs) how it has to happen to come. Conv- I mean at that point she she ends up going and be the chairperson of the Justice League, right? So yeah. she's not hanging around the JSA that much. Not that it's lesser or anything, but I believe Michael Holt should be the chairperson of the JSA at that point too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, usually the the duties kind of get shared between him and Power Girl. That's but for right. the most part, yeah, they're kind of looked at as the the the, the chair people. Now, this is an interesting... I, I guess a love Pentagon? <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a while there with... Speaking of Power Girl, where they were playing with the idea that she was she was getting a little bit of a crush on Dr. Midnight because of Black Canary, right? But then Hawkman comes back to life. And Hawkman wants to be with Hawk Girl, but he can't because it's not Kendra. She's still Shiara. The other and, way around. Yeah, the other way around. So, she he wants to be with with Ciara, she- but she's still being kendra kendra then develops feelings for sand so now it's awkward between sand and hawkman <laughs> so hawkman is just kind of like well i'll you know i'll go find my own romances so then there's moments where he's hooking up with power girl yep <laughs> <laughs> and then i guess to add a little bit more to that crossover because i forgot about that hawk girl then when they when they did that lightning strikes crossover she kind of got sweet on red arrow roy's boy that's
0: right that's (laughs) right i do remember that
1: yep so wow
0: (laughs) it's all those superheroes and just swapping partners all the time they're just incestuous that way yep uh okay were there anything else that you'd like to bring up about the the jsa at this point
1: no i would recommend i mean they're a great character set um if you wanted to start at like what 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 you could call ground zero there was a set of comics that dc did back in the 80s and they were called um um, secret origins and i want to say it was like issue 32 or issue 30 and they did a jsa one and it was by roy and danny thomas and those two are very much foundational in building a better, stronger foundation for the JSA. And that's what leads to, as you mentioned way earlier, with FDR kind of pulling the reins together. So I recommend if you really wanna get like a ground zero, go there, go to that issue of Secret Origins, read that Justice Society origin. It's fun, it's hip, it's great. And then go forward and you know maybe start at JSA and that's really gonna get you invested in this group of heroes and it's going to make it feel like family for you. And then just from there, just pull on a string and follow it as far as you can and you know, this this year, what's left of 2020 and upcoming 2021, I think it's going to be real exciting to be a JSA fan.
0: I think it's going to be a definitely a good time if you're a JSA fan, if you're into the movies and TV shows to supplement your reading uh coming up here in the next year. So, I'm excited. I hope I mean like like you said one of my characters is is rick tyler iron man i'm not too happy with the way they're portraying him in the star girl show but (laughs) at least i'm getting to see him on the screen and the costume though it has the rubbery muscles like shazam's uh (laughs) zachary levi's character it still looks pretty cool so uh i'm interested in what they they're going to do further along with that character
1: well now okay just just something to pick your brain real quick so you know, Rick had an addiction, just right. like his father Rex, right?
0: Right, and it, and, so it seemed yeah, like it was worse.
1: Yeah, oh, it was way worse. Like they, they basically because again that was an '80s comic, so they were going after the. This is a way to shine light on the drug pandemic of the era. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, obviously, they're probably not going to show that on a show for teenagers and younger, you know, audience and whatnot.
0: Well, they changed it from being a, a pill to being an
1: hourglass exactly yeah so they went the magical route so do you miss the pill or are you okay with that just being glanced over and walked away from it? i mean
0: i i'm okay with it being glanced over that's fine it's it's a it's a condensed version like even pat makes uh mention to it's like hey it can still become very addictive like it it's a thing your father had to fight with all the time and he, you know he, i don't think he'd want it for you however he, they don't they the thing that upsets me is they brush over what rex did to create the hourglass like in the comic books we get into the idea that he was a scientist he he came up with the chemical formula to create the hour man pill to give himself one hour of power and all that gets thrown out with just a simple he made this hourglass like how was it magic was it science like if it's science how does that work like i want to know kind of thing but uh that's the upsetting part hopefully we get into that in the second season i think not having the pill does take away some potential stories. You have the idea of he can't get to the pill in time. You you have uh, running out, kind of like uh, Spider-Man in the the Sam Raimi movie, right? We get rid of the web shooters for bi- bio webbing, and now you don't have that story plot where at some point he's falling and there's no webbing in his shooter anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. at this this could happen at at one point where. Rick gets into a trouble and he's in, oh, man, I left my pills at home kind of thing. Like, I need to outthink it. Now it's going to be, oh, I already used up my hour kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a bummer because those things are neat, you know, and especially, too, like, he'd have to guard it that much more because what if somebody else gets the pills? Because it looks like the hourglass doesn't work for just anybody, right? which is good. But at the same time, yeah, it would have been neat to play with that. And exactly, like I'm looking forward to like I really hope they do the secret origin and explain how did that happen? Because that's a giant leap from science to like, oh yeah, you can wear this hourglass and it's gonna enhance everything.
0: <laughs> now, do you think we'll get the uh, the our sight at any time in the I show? I hope we do. I I, I do too. Like,
1: I know Jeff Johns gave that to the character. I hope that makes it because that was one of those things where it's like, I, I love it. Cause I think it was, I think it was virtue and vice where it's Jay Wally uh, plastic man and Rick. They're sitting there watching a hockey game and Rick is just bored. And everybody's like, what's your problem, dude? And he's like, ah, eh, you know, the Keystone city, whatever's they lose. And everybody dumps their popcorn. I'm like, you jerk, you know? And it's like, and that's the lighthearted version of it. But could you imagine like, having that hour vision. And it's like, you look at one of your friends and you're like, Oh my God, they're going to die. So you're going to be super stressed in that next hour to try to save them. So I hope that is, I hope that is something that makes it to the screen so we can witness that. And, you know, it's just more character struggle that makes the character richer.
0: So I think we're both excited for the next season of, of Stargirl. We're both excited to see what happens in the black Adam movie. Like, the fact that we i know we didn't get any footage at DC fandom we got these like like basically motion comics uh version because they haven't filmed anything of that like this movie has been 10 years in the making they announced the rock as black adam before they even announced henry cavill as superman kind of thing like this is yeah been forever in the making and he's if finally Shot getting- a
1: minute a day we would have two movies by now <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's 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 nuts to think that that's i have i have a feeling though I'm, I'm kind of weary about the whole black adam i want to see it so bad and i love the rock but i feel like it's going to be a reiteration of the scorpion king i don't know if you remember watching that movie at all
1: i never saw it so i'm okay
0: <laughs> yeah you don't want to watch it it's not great but it, it's, uh, it's almost exactly the same storyline, so I'm scared, so to speak.
1: Well, it's tough because it, it's one of those things where it's like, and you know, I guess DC just, I think DC, this is going to be a bold statement, I feel like DC gave up on its heroes and is just like, let's just take our villains and do something with them because they're really promoting the crap out of Suicide Squad. And not to say Black Adam doesn't deserve a film, but it would have been neat to see him kind of start with his Shazam family you know, give us that and then move them into, you know, being something more. But it's like, here we're gonna launch and it's gonna be Black Adam, it's gonna be JSA. And then the question is, how does it tie into Shazam? So I just hope it doesn't have that curse that Green Lantern had where it's like, hey, here's the Green Lantern, here's the Green Lantern core, Parallax, uh, Hector Hammond and all that stuff, like too much can be too much. So I want it to be good because I want the JSA to happen. Black Adam is a complex villain, but, yeah, I share those same reservations where it's like, oh, boy, don't, don't screw this up. <laughs>
0: okay, next week we will have ourselves a challenge between the two of us, and we will definitely do something to do with the JSA. So please tune in next week. If you want to talk to me about the JSA and uh, some of your favorite stories, reach me on Twitter. I am at MitchipediaGEM. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online?
1: You can also find me on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, should being spelled S H U D And yeah, please talk comics with me. I'd love to hear about it. And uh, check out the writings that I do on Geekly Media's website and also AIPTcomics.com. We, I love to talk comics. I love to share my insights. So come come chat with me.
0: The rest of Geekly Media is on Twitter as at Geekly Media, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Check out our Patreon page where we have plenty of exclusive material that can only be heard there or seen there, uh, uh, Geekleap Media on Patreon. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so that you can help spread the word of our network to other people that would might also enjoy us. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to Geek Out.
1: Geek Out. This concludes our broadcast.